Welcome back to another episode of Option 5. My name is George Brooks, and on today's episode, we're talking to Chris Jones. Chris is the User Experience Director at Fan360, and Fan360 studies fans, their behaviors, and builds products and solutions that help them turn everyday experiences into remarkable ones. Um, If you've ever been to a sports stadium that just had an incredibly connected, cool experience, which definitely if you're in Kansas City and you've been at a, a sporting KC game, then you know what I'm talking about. And a lot of that has to do with the work that Fan360 has done. Chris has been in the design uh, scene here in Kansas City for a long time, uh, previously at MMGY and at VML and even with his own um, experiences. And I just, we nerded out. Um, I think we kind of both have been in the same space, same town for a long time talking about design. And we could have talked for hours, had to keep it short down to uh, some time that you guys can get this episode in on an actual commute. But a few things I want to call out. Um... Chris is super passionate about breaking down the wall between design and development, getting rid of the handoff. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to talk about. Remove those silos between the designer, the developer, product manager, et cetera, and really get to the point where you're all working collaboratively together. And then sometimes just own the work that you can do. So if that means you need to jump in and pull a request from a GitHub, then do it. Um, and, uh, man, we just, we, we share, a, um, a very common belief that people can step up and do good work that way. Chris also talked about this idea of being a player coach. And of course there's a little bit of analogy there for, um, you know, a company that primarily works with sports teams, but I loved this idea that he's not only uh, a coach or a leader being a user experience director, but he also has that practitioner role inside of him. So he's actually still designing and working on a team, working on one of their products. So he never loses that ability to empathize with the rest of his design team as he's recruiting and bringing people in. Talked about always be thinking about design, both in the spaces that you're in and the apps that you're trying and being a sponge and soaking up all that inspiration that you can apply back to the work that you're doing. Ah, I think you're gonna love this conversation. Let's just stop talking about it and get into it. Here we go. My name is Chris Jones. I am the I'm the user experience director at a company called Fan360 in Kansas City. Right. I lead a small team of uh, designers, uh, about five or six, depending on, and our company is about sixty. So. Wow, I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew what size Fan360 was at now. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's gone up and it's gone down, and then uh-huh. there, it was it was a different name before. Right. Yep. Uh, we worked with you guys when you were a different name. That yeah. Was like ages ago. I heard about that. Yeah. Really? There's still yeah. a reputation around that? It's pro- uh, that's scary. No, just, uh, hey, we once worked with Crema, and yeah. that's all I knew. And then it stops there. Yeah. Uh, we don't remember what happened. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. So I lead uh, I lead the discipline. I, the, I call it the design discipline at Fan360 like yeah. um, at, at the highest level. You just kind of keep it broad and... Um, we have designers dedicated to product teams. So I make sure we, you know, have the right, um, designers to do that. And then I also make sure that, um, you know, just as the lead of design, like we're advocating for the value of design, <clears throat> the company understands design Yeah, and, um, you know, we're getting the most, um, out of it that we can as a company like that so people can understand it and yeah good in a corporate environment that's just an uphill battle you know so hard 
it's so hard, especially when you now have so many things that are established because uh-huh. um, the company's been around for a while. Right. Um, yep. So now you're like a lot of the designers don't break things while mm-hmm. we still iterate and move forward and innovate yeah. and be relevant. And all that right. Kind of stuff. And the thing I, I think about this a lot, um, when people come into a company, they carry their previous company's perception of design and value of design yeah. because that's all they know. Right. And, right. And so you have to like say, no, this is how we do things. And yeah. Reprogram them. Yeah. 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 I think so. Set the tone. Um, and, and most of design is like invisible, right? Mm-hmm. You feel it. Mm-hmm. I walked in your office today and it's beautiful and every detail is just so. And so by the time I'm sitting down, I'm like, oh, these guys get design. And yeah, that's typically my goal with like an experience for like a new associate starting at Van360. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. This, that we actually, they know what they're doing. They, they get know, it. They yeah. know how to design. Yeah. So you, tell, tell us about Fan360. What, what is the company? Because I know I know what it is, but maybe for our listeners, there's outside yeah. of Kansas City and beyond. So we build, uh, we build things to help teams uh, form a better uh, relationship with their fans. They, at the high, like, I think that's generally the goal. you're talking like goal. sports teams. Because like teams, they might be thinking about teams as like right, you know, yeah. teams inside of a company. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, we live generally in the world of sports. We work with um, organ, sports organizations that are in the business of um, throwing awesome events where people will um, pay money to buy a ticket to attend this awesome experience. And typically those map to sports. Yeah. Sometimes they're concert venues, but generally we're working with teams um, in sports organizations. Cool. And so um, Sporting Kansas City, as an example, is a local sporting uh, yeah. or soccer, MLS soccer club. And Incredible we've been working experience. with them for um, almost since the beginning, almost right? a decade now. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, like I was saying, we we help the team connect better with the fan and give them ideally a, a better fan experience. We think about, we say that word a lot, fan experience, but it maps to um, the teams being able to know and connect to their fans better and also for the fans when they're at the venue to actually just have a better experience with, with the things we make. Love that, love that. What What's your day look like? You know, you go into the office on a, we'll say a Tuesday morning, maybe not yeah. on a Monday morning, but a Tuesday morning. What's your day look like? What are you doing? Well, hopefully by Tuesday I have a plan for the week and I'm working against it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, if I didn't do that on Monday, I would make sure I do that on Tuesday. But um, so I actually, uh, am, I call it a player coach. So okay. um, Nice sports tie in there. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I lead the team, but I also am embedded on a product team. And so I'm following the natural rhythms of that cool. on a day-to-day basis. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, typically we do a stand up in the morning with the product team and, um, get to work from there depending on the day, you know? Cool. Um, so typically working against, um, we're actually building a new product right now. That's what I'm working on. So we're kind of in like that initial version yep. phase before yep. you like I love that push phase. it out there. It's, it's, it's when you're the most optimistic and everything is perfect. Ignorance right? is bliss at that it's point. Great. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. 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 So it. that's the world I'm living in right now. You know, we spent like six months of like discovery and prototyping yep. and like now we're carrying um, that towards the implementation, the engineering. And uh, so that's where things get real, you yeah. know? Yeah. Okay. So you already, you already dripped out the term product team. Yep. What does a product team look like at Fan360? Typically a group of um, engineers, designers, and product um, in a size of anywhere from five to 10 people. Okay, cool. Uh, additionally, in the engineering um, fold, we have um, developers, quality assurance, yep. QA, yep. and um, maybe a scrum master. Okay, 
Yeah. So do you have any unique roles that are like, maybe you said this, uh, pro- product ownership or product management? Yeah, so we, we've been uh, on the product management train for a while now and it's really, uh, it's really good. It's huge, right? We tried to do it without it and I would, whoever's listening, don't do that. It's, it's a bad idea. We, I mean, it's going to be repetitive for people to live, listen to other episodes recently, but we talk about the fact that people come to Crema for, they think we're a UX shop yep. or a dev shop sometimes. And then they learn that we're both. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind of usually what happens. Then they learn we do product management brilliantly. And the reason people stay with us is not always because of design or, or product development or, or dev. It's because of product management. It's, cool. That's the thing that they, I think more companies struggle with. More yeah. than writing code or putting pixels on yeah. a view, they struggle with how to manage these these initiatives, these teams, these yeah. you know progress. I think in in Kansas City, and I'll if we want to go there, we can. But that I think it is we're catching up a little bit and yeah. understanding yeah. what is product management, yeah. and you know maybe the title before that was marketing manager, sure, or sure. sales manager, account or manager, account yeah. or project yeah. manager, yeah, and it's like a kind of like all those things combined and it maps really well to software development, you know, totally, totally. It's its own can of worms. Okay. So you've been doing this for a little while now. Mm -hmm. Um, what's something you've kind of seen change over the years? What's uh, you know, either in your role at fan 60 because of the growth of the company or in the industry as a whole, what's something that you've kind of noticed? Okay. We used to, you know, it could be even just software. You know, we all used to do Photoshop mocks. Now we all use sketch or Figma or whatever yeah. it is that you guys are on to right now. Um, what's something you kind of see it's, it's been shifting. So uh, I'll speak to the, to design first. Cause that's yeah. more of where I live every day. Yeah, yeah. And I think like the power of a, a good designer and a good design team is like kind of incredible right now because um, there's all these tools coming out of nowhere that allow you to create like the artifact of a product overnight. Like yeah, you so don't have, fast. you don't have to code anything and like, here, give me a couple days, give me your idea about a, like a personal CRM or whatever. That's and right. Like I can put something in your hands that you can like react to that animates and like feels real. Like that's magical. It's huge. So like I would credit like envision for mm-hmm. leading the charge on that and they've done an incredible job and there's lots of other great, you know, examples like that. But I, absolutely think that's so cool especially the beginning like discovery phase of a project it's changed everything like we a couple years back we stopped um call them whatever you want we basically kind of took this like hard line like wireframes are dead and the the, it was a little bit supposed to be controversial right sure kind of pushing a button but partly it was just because you built wireframes because it took you long enough to design things back then that wireframes allowed you to make decisions quickly so that you could get to then spending the time to design out the thing that was wireframed first and test, et cetera. But now you can design so fast. Mm-hmm. So you can get to something that feels more real and get better test results, get yeah. better progress uh, faster than ever before. Yeah. If you can do it in a couple of days, why not? Like exactly. make it high fidelity and clickable and skip a step, right? I, 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 that's, that's at least what we said. Um, cause uh, you're getting allowed us to test faster. Yeah, I mean, if you're testing a wireframe, you're getting reactions to a wireframe and wouldn't you rather have reactions to something that looks a little more real? Like yeah. you're getting better results. Yeah. Okay. Back to the product team. Yeah. How do you guys, how do you guys work together? So you do have a multidiscipline team. Mm-hmm. Um, what you talked a little bit about your day, kind of you're thinking about new product. You've gone through some prototyping. So that mm-hmm. might've been done 
a little bit more in isolation as kind of the designers only, right. or maybe product manager and designers, uh-huh. consulting developers maybe. Right. But now you're thinking, I'm assuming you're kind of that stage of getting ready to build. Yeah. What's that look like? What's that collaboration look yeah, like? Yeah, so I think about the timeline. If you had like three lines and you had like product, design, and engineering, yeah. and like that design is like a natural like middle line between uh, a business problem and like executing against it and engineering. And so design is kind of that glue. And so I see us as like bridging the gap between discovery and execution and, and accelerating that process. Yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, like we're on the the right edge of the line where we're taking prototypes, we're taking, you know, front end code and we're mixing it with like really talented developers. Yep. Um, and I'll mention, you know, we have a, like an architect lead that's like there oh, okay. the whole way through. Yeah, so good. like they're also at the beginning I because, love that. you know, that's I've, important. I only kind yeah, of pointed out the stereotype yeah, that they're often not involved. Right. I'm glad that you Yeah. Yeah. Involved. I think like, um, when you work with people that are good and they really care, like they're smart, smart people, they want to think about business strategy yep. and everything else up front. Just so like typically you want your leaders all um, aligned and curious from the beginning Yep. and weighing in with cool ideas. And if you're working with the right people, like that makes total sense. I love that you pointed it out like this. You're definitely kind of working closer to what the ideal ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we see a lot of companies that have all those roles. Um, sometimes they're siloed into departments. So it'd be like the design shop or, you know, mm-hmm. sends it over to the engineering's or the IT and they mm-hmm. even call them IT. It's like, really, they're not yeah. IT. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, or even, even before that, there's a strategy or BA team, business, right. you know, and then et cetera. And then you get all the way back to the end results and, the, and you go back to the client and they're like, oh, that's not, that's uh-huh. not anything that we wanted. Yeah. And so there was never that interaction. Yeah. How do you include, um, you have products that are in stadiums, in experiences with with the teams. How do you include the client in, in that that um, experience of building out these products? Hmm. So whether that's the the maybe potential fans mm-hmm. or the team themselves, um, how are they involved, or are they involved? They may not. Yeah, be, that's okay. Um, how are they involved um, in the experience of creating a new product? So. Um creating a new product and improving an existing product are kind of, I would say maybe slightly different. Yeah, totally. Um, and also enterprise versus consumer kind of has its own can't like different tricks mm-hmm. to like getting something in front of the right person. Yeah. And I'll admit it's really hard. Yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. And so super uncomfortable. And too. I'm learning a lot still, but, uh, we have learned a lot about, okay, let's start with how do you improve an existing product? Um, well, let's get really good at like seeing what people are doing. Yeah. Let's install some software that helps us like follow a user like through the app. Okay. Yep. So that's yep. like really practical, super helpful. And then you can prompt them with questions, do qualitative, quantitative, all that. We need to get better at that. Yeah. I'll just full transparency. Like that's something we are actively working yeah. on right now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, new product right now, the one I'm working on is enterprise side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, we were actually we're kind of doing the, um, you know, Hey client click through this and what do you think? Yeah, um, sure. That's normal. Is, yeah, it's good. It's nor- It's better than not doing it. Right. Like, 100% you couldn't agree. tell me that's not, that's, uh, we do that on all of our projects. I don't so pretend totally. that that's like scientifically like the perfect test, yeah. but, um, it's better than nothing. Yeah. And then if you're trying to create new value out of thin air with a product that doesn't exist, right. you can't really compare it to other things, which is what we're trying to do right now. Like, 
you kind of have to just find the best way to express your, um, your intention and your idea. And right now, like the best form of that was to code up some front end oh, clickable cool. responsive yeah. um, pieces, you know, just hard code HTML and then like demo those or let people interact with them. And, and at least we got like a, yeah, I think this, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And we might be onto something. Cool. Yeah. I love that you guys took it a little bit further than the, the maybe stereotypical design clicked clicked up prototypes. Again, it's kind of like wireframes. I'm kind of almost there with the clicked up prototypes. Yeah. Um, unless your prototype really has some interactive pieces to it. Of course, a Vision Studio lets you do things like that or Figma. Yeah. Um, but getting to something that actually works like the real code will, uh-huh. again, it's just a little bit better, right? It's Fine. The test feels a little bit more real. Yeah, and I think a savvy client knows the difference. Like, they totally do. You grab that, you grab that browser window, and you pull it in, and you see things move around. And yeah. Like, oh, this is re-, like, oh, this is real. You built this. You yeah. Know? No, no, we didn't build it, but it's it there's feels no real like data it. back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but the, we we want to take you through the happy yeah. path still. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're mixing that with like uh, feedback from sales team. Um, understanding. You know, we try to orbit around the problem. Yep. Like You're supposed to. And um. And letting this and not get too um, firm on the solution right now. So I think that's where we're at. Yeah, we're, we're uh, we show prototypes when it makes sense. We do a lot of just like qualitative conversations, understanding problems for a typical sports marketer. That's awesome. You you guys have an interesting opportunity in some ways because you do get to build both consumer experiences, which mm-hmm. actually is a lot of fun. It's really fun. Um, we don't get to do much of that. I mean, we're mostly B2B. It's yeah. a lot of enterprise solutions, mm-hmm. uh, which also have its fun. Yeah, absolutely. But it's Why not can't quite, it be fun? Right. Who said it's, it can't it be? It tends to just not be as sexy, maybe, right. is the better yeah. way to say it. Um, and so there's that, that feeling of like, oh, we kind of want to scratch that itch of a consumer yeah. experience. But it's hard. I mean, yeah. It's hard to build a great com- compu- uh, consumer experience. Yeah. You have a bit of a captive audience, uh-huh. right? Um, because they're being fed this consumer experience. So your distribution channel is kind of built in, mm-hmm. uh, which is really nice. Um, how are your teams set up, um, your product teams? Are they set up around a product? Yes. Or are they set up around a, a user journey um, stage? What, how's that work? Yeah, I think it's pretty typical uh, product org structure. So we have a consumer a team working on the consumer facing app yeah and uh, we break up the enterprise app into like three or four slices of um, uh, customers I okay. guess so like a sales customer yep. um, like a ticket sales professional and like a marketing professional yep and and so I guess we're like uh, thinking about those um, customer needs separately and trying to build journeys for them that's I I'm learning that different companies do it different way. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a right or wrong yet. Uh, yeah. I haven't come down on like saying this one works really well or this uh-huh. one doesn't. Um, we definitely, I think one of maybe two podcasts ago, we were talking to um, a recruiter out of all things, but in-house recruiter for technical talent. Yeah. And he was talking about there. I mean, they're, they're growing. That company was growing so fast. They were hiring a um, hundred new people a week. That that's just, a lot of people. Oh, it f- stresses me out. Yeah, I can't that's imagine. crazy. How does it work? I can't. No, it won't. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say it won't. You're going to hire a lot of the people that are wrong, yeah. which is normal. And he, I mean, he didn't get into that, but I think there, there's some assumptions that can yeah. be made there. Um, but theirs was more about user journey lifecycle, partly because that's what their product does. Right? Mm-hmm. There's different stages there. Um, I haven't figured out what the right way. We even talk to our clients, like, how are you going to structure your teams? You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a big conversation because at a certain point, we're an agency effectively. Right. And so at a certain point, we're going to hand that ownership back. Mm-hmm. So we have to help them think about how to 
own and love and nurture this this thing that we've helped yeah. them build. Um, and that's hard. Usually the team resembles or symbolizes an investment or a bet in some sort of um, value that is out there to be earned. So oh, typically yeah. like your leader has to believe in the future value of this team. So it kind of, I, I think that's how it maps to art. So we're like, we're investing in fan experience. Right. Uh, and, we're, and, and it maps to this consumer app and we believe that it is worth this much investment. So will team will be this big. Like things Smart like that. Smart way to think about it. Well, I had never put it in those words. That's good. Yeah. I really like that. Um, okay, so what, it sounds like you guys are set up really, really well. You're moving for, you know, existing products forward, you're trying out new products. What are the challenges? What are the, what are the war stories? What are the things that oh, you're yeah. coming up against that you go like, why is it still I want to like be this? completely honest. Like it has not been a perfect smooth road to finding like this rhythm with our product teams. We've tried, we've tried everything. Like sure, sure. as far as like go to the, the startup book wall and find a model like you, <laughs> yeah right we've with the we've probably tried it at some yeah, point yeah. and um credit to the the people at our company they've been willing to adapt and try new processes and, and which is an amazing culture that allows that to happen yeah and, and you really you really have to hire for that because yeah. not everyone wants to pivot and try something new all the time yeah but i do think like you know i like i the way i say it is like i 2019 was better than 2018 was better than 2017 as far as like the way we're doing this stuff it's we're progress. getting better yeah and i wouldn't want to go back so to me like that's like the like as you evolve and things don't work as long as you're getting better like that's a good signal and i would say that's been true for us so um you know uh, i think we started with like your traditional agile as a productivity solution uh-huh yeah. And everything was about what are the engineers doing and how are they spending their time? And right. as a designer and someone that loves product and product management and all those things, it's kind of like, that's a, like a really narrow lens and upon to see the world. And, and so we've evolved from there to like, um, a more, what I like to, I think that the way it makes sense to me is, um, a three-legged stool, you have engineering design and product and ideally like everyone is equal footing as yeah. far as influence and yeah. um, value they can bring to the team. So it sounds like most of your teams are set up pretty, pretty engineering heavy, which is pretty normal because there's just more code to write. Like that's what we found. Yeah. In, three uh, or four des engineers to every, one designer. One designer. Yeah. Is the designer full time on a product or yes. they, they share? Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. As best we can. Yeah. There's a little bit of jumping around and we like to, you know, mix it up if we need to. Yeah. But I also like the idea of like, if I'm, if I can put you on this team and you like are really knee deep in this stuff for a while, you're going to like come up with some good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for yourself or maybe the other, um, practitioners on your team, sure. um, how do you learn? Where do you guys go to get better at your craft? Hmm. Whether that's, you're just sharing things internally or you've got this resource or you guys like a conference or yeah. there's a podcast you listen to, um, like that's option right. five. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I mean like, uh, really inspiration is probably my lifeblood. Like that's yeah. what keeps me going. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I kind of just fanboy out on like the products that mean the most to me. And so what's an example? Like, what's, what's, inspiring. What's, what's one that you go, man, I just like, love using that product. Yeah. Like square and square cash mm -hmm. and simple, this, beautiful, like, easy to use. I look at the stuff they make and I think, how did you do this? Yeah. How did you make something 
so beautiful. And yeah. that inspires me to like make my stuff better. Yeah. I mean, it's really that, that, and then like Airbnb is incredible. And especially after the rebrand and redesign the, the yeah, scale so that huge. they operate and execute. Yep. Incredible product, product design, like yeah. blows my mind in like hundred languages across the world. I can't imagine. Yeah. On every device. I mean, it's incredible. Wow. So if they can figure it out, we can, we can get a little bit better. We can figure something out. One of the first things I tell designers that I'm kind of mentoring or talking to that are trying to get into the space, whether they call themselves UX or UI, mm-hmm. whatever product design, I think is a new term. Yeah. It's product design is like the meshing of all those things. Right. Um, is what, what do I need to do to get better? And I basically say, be a better user, go mm. try more things. Yeah. Um, back like in that. the day when I was getting started, gosh, this sounds so long ago. It was like 12, 13 years ago. It, I, I think the only reason I seemed like I knew what I was doing is just because I downloaded every single app I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. I signed up for every news service that was coming out. This is kind of like the, the boom of the, you know, the next generation of startups. And, um, I just studied everything they were doing. Yeah. It was like, Oh, interesting. I mean, nobody was talking about cards at the time, but yeah. the fact it was like, what, what is this? Or, um, uh-huh. it's skeuomorphism was like uh-huh. this hot topic at the time, you know, and all these ways, but I just was trying everything. So one of my core principles really for the whole team is I think the best product creators and builders are really first great users. Mm. Um, so they're willing love that. to go touch more things so that they can go, Oh, we could beg, borrow and steal from these other ideas. Yeah. We're just where most inspiration comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, I think design Twitter is pretty yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good. So like, I would say shout out to like Dan Burka mm-hmm. and Jared Spool. Um, <clears throat> what I get from, I'm hoping to have Jared on. Oh, I, oh my gosh. <laughs> he, he said, he said yes. He on is Twitter. like OG UX. Oh, old school. Yeah. Love. Okay. So what I love about like design Twitter and those guys, um, is finding a way to talk about design. And so they do that on Twitter and they say like, uh, they're able to express design, the value of design in business terms for yeah. Yeah. for everyone else, right? Yeah. And so like I take that and it's that's been a huge a gift. As like somebody that's trying to like go from a individual contributor to a like a, yeah. a leader, like you have to be able to find a way to talk about design and why it matters and why you should care um, leader because yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should invest in this and, and, and we have a blind spot if we're not. Yeah. So, so that's like, so, so big, huge. Yeah. We just recently hired our first copywriter. Um, we don't do marketing or communications or PR or anything like that. Cause, uh-huh. So we don't really need it in the past. Yeah. And we're realizing, no, you know what? Copy is a huge part of UX and, and a part of the experience. Yeah. And as well, we want to be writing stuff for ourselves and like this podcast. Um, the, the thing that I wanted her to do, cause she's not traditionally from the technical field. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I have this window, this window of you not knowing or not being, um, how do I, how do I say it? You, you're in this window of like the fact that you haven't been drank the Kool-Aid yet uh-huh. and you haven't learned all the jargon yet. So I want, as you, as you learn, I want you to take inventory of all the things that we say that we don't even know that we're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know that I drip out stuff about, you know, react components or an mm-hmm. API feed yep. or X, Y, and Z. Um, that she had never heard these words before. Um, and so it's like, take inventory of that stuff because you represent the rest of the world outside these walls that we're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. And we want to show the value of the fact that we do know those things. We've got those boxes are checked, but we want to be able to communicate to you in terms that maybe you do understand or that, that are more 
you know, relevant yeah. to you. That's hard to do. I, I grew up in uh, the agency scene and I have uh, some of my best friends actually were copywriters, yeah. still are. Yeah. And uh, I've always loved copywriters and the fact that you have on your team is like awesome because every company deserves like really well, yeah. well written um, copy on their, on their software. Like yeah. it makes such a difference. It does. And it's kind of like design. How do you measure it? How do I, but, but when it's good, you're not thinking about it or it's making you smile or it's, it's just like, I can't explain it, but it's like, it's just easier. Right. And right. Right. Yeah. And that's like, that doesn't come for free that people know what they're doing. It's super intentional and yeah. it just, it takes effort. Yeah. Um, okay. So you talked about your inspiration. We talked about challenges. What are a few takeaways? If you, if somebody was trying to get into this space, if they were trying to get into the world of product or maybe more specifically product design, yeah. what would you say? Where do you get started? Or, or maybe they're already into the industry. Yeah. What are ways that they can get better? My goodness. Uh, so I, no you know, I, I no end up pressure. giving a lot of advice. Yeah. Uh, to like students as I'm yeah, like looking at yeah. the portfolio and you know, it's just like you can't go to like a six week. I mean, Hey, I'm biased. That's my full disclosure, but I don't think you can go to like a six week boot camp and like mm. become like a Jedi designer at the end. Yeah. Unless maybe you're just really good. But like yeah, for some me, people like, have a natural gift. Yeah. Sure. Like what I like to say is, um, put your head down, uh, be a sponge. Like you're saying, yeah. like take in as much as you can with your eyes and experience and travel and, and get inspired and look at the best apps. And a lot of design is like through osmosis, Yeah. but like it takes like 10 years. Like sure. Oh. If you like apply yourself for five or 10 years, like, yeah, I think you'll be happy with the results, but, yeah. uh, that's a long time. Like, are you patient, patient enough yes. to, to invest that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good advice because like, if you, if you just think about it, like, uh, more of like an artist, uh, point of view, like, and you have as like a, I'm, I'm a creator and I'm, I'm on this earth and I want to make something that I can be proud of. Like that takes time, effort and work. And the most joy you'll get from that work is not for free and it's going to take time. And you're ultimately, it's like a long road. It's, it's an artist's journey and that's okay. Yeah. And if you got it in a week, you wouldn't value it that much anyways. But if so you stick good. with like trying to do something uh, you're not going to like what you make for a long time. Yeah. And I think I write, there's this, yeah. there's this great video, Ira Glass about that where yeah. he like says yeah. like, you have good taste, but you can't execute well. Right. And there's that gap and like over time it closes. Yeah. These are things that like. It's a good feeling like, too. It's accomplishment. If you too. can like set up a junior designer with like a longer view and you'd be like, look, you're going to learn a lot. It's going to take a while. Buckle up and like yeah. be patient. It really helps like set the tone for um, somebody that's like just getting into it. Yeah. Totally. I would say. It's funny. I feel like the old man in the room saying kids today. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I look at Larissa and it's like kids today. Um, we, there is a sense of like lack of patience, right? Mm. Just the, the ability to invest the time to be, become a master at your craft. Um, we don't know this idea that we can't just be told that we're great at something immediately. Mm -hmm. And they're legitimately, I've met some kids and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you, you, because you've been grown up, you grew up using these things. Yeah. You your are eyes on, are, yeah, your eyes are trained for what's good and you can, you can adapt it, but it's, you know, go back to the, the great artists, um, throughout history. They weren't great on their first painting. They were no. great after their thousandth painting. Yeah. Right. Um, Absolutely. and so the patience to get to that level of craft uh -huh. is so hard. I mean, yeah. it's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, it's almost hindsight is 2020 yeah. when you go back and you go, Oh yeah, that's right. I've been doing for this for 13 years. 
I maybe have some, yeah. some things under my belt yet. I still know I don't know a lot and I still have a lot to learn and yeah. in our industry changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I also want to share that, you know, I've been doing this for like 15, 20 years and like right now I'm, I feel like a, like a, like I'm in school again. I got totally, um, inspired by my own team as they dug deeper into front end and, mm. um, let's just call it the idea of like removing the handoff between design and engineering. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Yeah, let's go there. Cause I think that's, yeah. that's a hot so, topic. Right so now. like I, you know, for the longest time, actually my value probably lived in just creating like beautiful comps and an agency scene. Sure. Like sure. that's, that was perfect. And it was designed for that. And now I'm working in house and it's kind of different. It is different. And, um, the timelines are different and the projects last a very long time. So yeah, yeah. anyways, with all that, like I've seen my team, um, uh, actually, um, jump into like, like doing pull requests and like merging code and wow. like learning the things they need to learn to make our product better with the, what we were just talking about with the eyes that we have. Yeah. I've realized like, yeah, we have these eyes that, uh, can look at UI and, tell you what's wrong with it and fix it and make it better. But like, that's a special skill that takes like 10 years to like develop. Yep. And like, yep. why would I expect anyone else to be good at this? The person to fix this is me. Mm. And so my team has inspired me to actually, okay, let's do this. Let's learn it. And, and we're doing those things. So my advice for uh, anyone that has um, thought about that, um, I think I listened to a podcast with Dan Mall and Brad Frost oh, yeah. about this. Yeah. It was like design details or uh-huh. something. Anyways, another pod. And um, they were like, their whole idea was like, remove the handoff, like mm-hmm. sit next to each other um, and pass your work back and forward through yeah. development. Yeah. And so what is keeping what is keeping you from doing that? Like maybe just learning how to use um, a little CSS. Like, right. I think that th- it's not as hard as you think. So that's my encouragement. I think I find it <clears throat> depends on your tech stack a little bit. Yeah. So we're a react shop. Yep. Um, so that building react components are a little bit more complicated. At least this, this has been my experience are a little bit more complicated than back in the day when I used to write HTML, CSS. I'm like, Oh man, I just loved simple style sheets. And then yep. of course it got into nested style sheets and then, you know, et cetera. Um, now you're seeing, oh, it's like there, there isn't a style sheet. The component styles are written into the nested components of these React library yeah. or storybook or whatever you're using. Right. Um, though, I think you're starting to see the two worlds come together. For instance, Envision is releasing with, um, do you guys have a de- design system? Uh, you, I mean, we do in a sense, but not probably how one. you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. in, it's, we have a small team, we have shared styles yeah. and we use them. Yeah. So we're working on, this is something that we're kind of starting to think about Crema really dialing into and saying, this is something we can help with is helping companies think about not only build a style guide, but really build mm-hmm. that style guide all the way through into the development. Yeah. Um, which is really a lot easier now that you have things like react, right. That mm-hmm. has a component library or view or think those things like that. Um, but the, the, the DSM envisions, new DSM design system manager is pretty slick. It's really great. It's a little hard onboarding, but once you get past that, it's pretty great. Um, their newest feature is that it does a one-to-one build out with the storybook, the react storybook. Okay, cool. So literally you can go in and push up updates to the design files, changing certain aspects of the design 
which will update the storybook. You can check it in the storybook. So maybe you don't have to write all the ins and outs of the code, mm -hmm. but then it can literally merge into a repo that's holding your storybook that then you say, that's cool, incredible. if this gets checked, it's good. And I could, as a designer, I could go, we need to retheme X yeah. or you know what, all the blue buttons now to be need to be green or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I could do that without having to bug a developer and yeah. that change, or we could A-B test it, or, uh -huh. you know, um, it's, it could be huge. Yeah, that feels like the future. I, I mean, know. it's gotta be, it needs to be easier. It's everything is just too hard for like what seems to be like fairly superficial updates, yeah. right? Yeah, totally yeah we're, we're stepping into React as well. And it seems like yeah. everyone's into it right now, which is exciting. Super hot. Um, yeah. We doubled down on it a couple of years ago. It was the best decision we made as far as the technical organization. Um, really? Um, yeah. Although um, React Native um, has been a little bit of a challenge just because it hasn't been supported as well uh -huh. for mobile. Yeah. Um, so um, I got to be careful. We are not officially going this route yet, yeah. but we're playing a lot with Google Flutter, okay, um, which is Google's cross-platform. Have to check that out. It's pretty slick. That's okay. uh, I was telling you about my personal CRM. Yeah, where it's all built in Flutter, and okay. we were able to build it and iterate on it super fast. This is for like a, a mobile app. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. If you're building yeah. something you want to compile and push to the app stores, yeah. Uh, for anything web-based, it's still React. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, so much good stuff. Thank you, Instagram, for that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And, yeah, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Google, for releasing. Yes. <laughs> thank you that you actually open sourced it because we were yeah. building on it. Before, we were oh building client work on it before really? it was open sourced. And we had a couple clients come back and they said, hey, we were fine with it until we looked at the terms. Oh, no. And we were like, no, 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 they're going to. We promise. We hope. Yeah. And then literally the day that happened, we, we popped champagne. It was a huge good. deal because we were so nervous. Yeah. Um, Awesome. This has been so good. Thank you yeah. for, for doing this. Uh, uh -huh. Where can people find you or maybe where your thoughts are at in the world? Hmm. So or do, you, do you share, are you, a, are you a consumer? Or do you actually put things out there in the I'm world? Not, I'm pretty, pretty quiet. Uh, That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. But I'm on Twitter. Um, Chris Jones design. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll stick with that then. Yeah. Cool. That works. Occasionally I'll tweet about design. That, yeah. that's that's or you know maybe learn something else about what, right. you, what you think in the world what yeah. were you arguing about on twitter that's so, right um well thank you for joining us today um and i i hope that uh, we can follow up and find out when when that that new product goes live oh man i love talking about this stuff so anytime yeah cool thanks Man, oh, we could have talked so much longer. And Chris and I, like I said, um, have a passion for good design, for good experience, for working in teams that desire to work collaboratively to break down those walls and those silos. Um, I think that one of the things that I really wanted to pull back out from that episode is that he really hit the nail on the head when it talks about sometimes you just got to be patient. You need to be the person that is willing to become an expert in your craft, spend more time looking at more things, being a great user. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes that just takes some time to get better at your craft. So I know that there's a lot of designers listening to this podcast. And I think that's one thing I'd encourage you is be patient, try more experiences, try more things. And I think you're going to get even further into becoming an expert in your craft um, so that you can really shine in this industry. I liked his transparency and the fact that sometimes you have to admit you're getting better and that every year over year, he feels like they're becoming a better product organization. And honestly, 
If that ever stops, then they really should um, be scared because if you stop learning, that's when you become obsolete. So I'm glad to hear that as an organization, they're moving forward into being a better product org than they were the year before. So much more we could have talked about, and I'm sure we will try to to regroup with him as they move forward. I'm excited to hear about what that new product is that they're launching. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to that. As always, I would love if you would give us some love and go give us a five-star review. Drop a little comment um, in iTunes. That actually goes a long way to tell iTunes and the world that we exist. Who knows? Maybe we could rank for one of the podcasts that is really trying to help people think about product teams, product design, product development, product management, and really um, get some exposure to great companies doing great work. Um, we love producing this content and we're, we're just excited to bring you more and more. So give us a little love, um, show us uh, that review. And then of course, share it with your bosses, your coworkers, your peers, um, or with the internet, you know, share this out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., And, um, let other people know that this is the best, hopefully podcast for you to learn about doing great work, doing great technology and design work. If you want to learn more about this podcast, be sure to check out crema.us slash podcast or option5.com and um, read more about our other episodes and be sure to subscribe because if you want to get every episode first thing Monday, um, well, first thing or at some point on a Monday, then uh, you need to subscribe and make sure that those notifications are set so you know the new episodes are coming through. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.